Amen. Good to see everybody here this morning as they get the presentation brought up. I brought my cordless laptop with me today. My real one wouldn't work. And uh, so this one is the latest in technology. I have found that it even works in a power outage, uh, which is amazing these days. That must be solar powered. I'm not sure. I am honored to have this chance today. And, and as I always do, when pastor asks me if I will speak, if I'll, I'll take a Sunday, I always say yes, because I never want to turn down a chance uh, to do something for the Lord. And that's why I'm here this morning, is to do something for the Lord. But you know what? You can never outdo him. Um, he has done so much for me uh, in the course of this teaching. And of course, when he asked, when Andy asked, he goes, well, do you have anything in mind? Well, I just pretty much have an active imagination and I'm always going on about something. And I said, yes, I want to speak about integrity. And when I said that, I said that very flippantly, like I can do this. I've done this speaking thing before and integrity is easy to talk about. And this message is going to make so much sense and it's going to be such a blessing. And then I started studying for it, which I already had. It was already on my mind. And I started to get scared. And Satan says, son, you have bitten off way more than you can chew here. Um, and I tried to associate integrity with salvation. Integrity doesn't save you. Right. Jesus saves you. It's his integrity, his holiness that saves you. Your integrity is not going to get you to heaven. However, your integrity might get somebody else to heaven. And that's what I want to discuss with you today. And I want to give you a little warning, kind of like they do, uh, you know, when you get into a situation, if there's a hazard ahead, they want you to know so it doesn't sneak up on you. I normally, when I get a chance to speak, I do 16 slides. That'll get me through a half an hour. I can't see the clock back there. It's 1130. So 16 slides would work really well, get me through that half hour. I've got 34 slides today. I just wanted to let you know ahead of time. However, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and he said, we've done this before. I brought two cans of tuna and a loaf of bread. So if need be, we can do this. No one, no one will leave here hungry. Okay. All right. I'm just saying that's what's in the basket. Okay. Uh, so I wanted to speak with integrity. Um, and our key verse this morning is Titus chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. Uh, and Tom's going to do, since I don't have a keyboard on my wireless, uh, he's going to do the slides for me. So Tom, the next slide, and stand with me as we uh, recite this morning's key verse from Titus chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. And in case um, I snuck one in on you, that's right in front of, uh, let's see here, I got it written down. Uh, it's between Timothy and Philemon. Philemon is located right in front of Hebrews. So you'll find Titus in your New Testament there. Uh, chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. You, however, must teach what is appropriate to sound doctrine. Teach the older men to be temperate, worthy of respect, self-controlled, and sound in faith, in love, and in endurance. Thank you. You may be seated. I appreciate that. Um, as usual, when I find a key verse, I try to be brief. If you take too big a bite, you get choked on it. 
But that whole book of Titus uh, is, is very, very good uh, to read and to be aware of when you're thinking about your own personal integrity, uh, the integrity of your message. Um, chapter 1 is kind of setting it up, but chapter 2 and 3, very, very good read. So uh, be, when you get a chance, maybe this afternoon or so, um, take a look at that. So when Andy asked me to talk and I said integrity, again, that was something that I was concentrating on at the time. Um, and it means a lot to me. The reason is it's, it's an area in my life that I'm working on. It's, it's something that I have most days, but not always. Um, and I've been like that all my life. I'm kind of a happy-go-lucky kind of guy. And it's really easy, I know you can't tell from the waistline, but it's really easy for me to do what's easy for me to do. Uh, the idea of having discipline and self-control and those kind of things are foreign to me. That is not a natural uh, aptitude that I really have. I have to apply myself to do that. The whole self-discipline, I think, is the worst kind of discipline they ever invented. Uh, so, so I have to apply myself. Um, and so when he spoke, and Andy did on July 17th, and I'll talk a little bit more about that in the, in the upcoming slides. When he spoke on um, broad is the way, and many there be that go to the path to destruction, narrow is the way that leads to righteousness, I kind of left the sermon. I did come forward that day, Andy, and I prayed about it. I said, this kind of vexes me. Uh, because after that sermon that day, I felt like, well, if, if not many of us are going to make it, what's the point? Because evangelism is my thing. I really, I love to talk. And I've got something really cool to talk about now. So that's my thing. But I'm thinking, let's say I'm only going to win three people in my whole lifetime. Is it really worth it? Well, truth be known, yes, it is. It really, really is to those three people because who knows who they'll reach and on and on down the road. But I was discouraged that day. So I got to thinking about the people that weren't invited into heaven. And I asked myself, what was it that they did? What was it about them that negated them being acceptable to the Lord that day? Because they said, we've healed, uh, you know, we've ministered in your name, we've cast out demons and things like that. I can tell you right now, I have not done any of those things. Fortunately, that doesn't disqualify me for heaven. But what I, when I looked at it, when I delved down into the messiness of it, I realized that they lacked the first works, the foundation. They didn't know him. He says, depart from me, for I know you not. And as you well know, being practicing Christians, if you try to meet God... God will meet you in a real and marvelous way. He wants a relationship with you. So the idea that these people that had done these miraculous and marvelous things in his name never got a chance to meet him, to know him, to receive him in their hearts, it vexed my spirit quite a bit at the thought of that. But it also gave me comfort to know that you have been there. You've been down that road. You've had that Jesus experience and you know the Lord is your Savior, and you're going to hear those words. So that's what got me to the point where I wanted to talk about integrity. Now, I'm going to take you down a road for a little bit. Again, we've got 34 slides to go through. 
This next portion is not from the gospel, so I want to warn you ahead of time. Next slide, please. These are two of our new house guests. I want you to meet Binks and Sampson. Paul and I had a cat that we had to put down last November. Several of you have heard the story. And she, her name was Harvey, because we're weird that way. And Harvey had cancer, and we had to put her down. And I missed little things, like her licking the water off my leg when I step out of the shower. When we would get the luggage out to go for a trip, she would sit in it. She wouldn't let us pack it and things like that. We put her down in November. So uh, about a month ago, I told Paula, I said, I've had about as much as this that I can stand. I said, it's about time we start thinking about getting another pet. And cats are really, really maintenance-free. And again, I'm, I'm into that. If it's, oh yeah, yeah. You give them that little sandbox and the neighbor comes over and gives them food every day, they're happy. They, they don't like it when you leave, but they deal with it a lot better than a dog. So cats are, are low maintenance. Uh, so that's Binks and Samson. Well, we hadn't had a cat for a long time. So I had some adjustments to make. I, uh, and they're black. You can't see them in the dark. Uh, that was one of the features we hadn't thought about, but we just did, they're strays, and we got them from a gentleman in North Vernon. One uh, came from a litter that, of a stray cat he had, and that little one there on the right, Samson, crawled up this guy's leg when he went to the dump. So they didn't know each other until they met through this gentleman, uh, and they ended up at the Compton house and are living large now. Um, <laughs> I had to make some adjustments when they got into the house. I just found myself, when I walked, they like to come and lay down right in front of you while you walk. So I had to watch the integrity of my steps. Otherwise, there was going to be a cat pancake. So I had to start watching where I walked. And I thought, well, that just ties right into the message. Isn't that great? Just a little word picture of how important integrity can be and why you need to have integrity. So those two, I just wanted to really show you my new cats, but I wanted to work it into the message as well. Next slide. This is where it really starts to get fun. I, Samara, I told you it would be. Uh, I got this, this uh, imagine with me, really, I got this. I won this contest, uh, it was from uh, Make-A-Wish Missionary Adventures. Don't know if you've heard of them, but I won this contest, and I had an 11-day missionary adventure awarded to me in the Galapagos, Galapagos I practiced that, islands, uh, and we also ended up in Machu Picchu for a tour there on this missionary adventure. And uh, it says, two of the leading destinations of South America and one of the seamless and comfortable tour it was. It was seamless and comfortable. I'm going to show you some slides. Uh, explore the wildlife and the paradise of the Galapagos Islands and some, in a private luxury boat. Now, this was top notch. Visiting natural and geographical wonders. And then I immersed myself in the incredible Incan heartland of Peru, visiting Cusco, the sacred valley, and the awe-inspiring Machu Picchu Citadel, which I thought that was where the army was, but it was different, and the lost city of Incas, they found it, and we got to see it when we were there. Um, and all we had to do to get this trip was to go to Jacksonville, Florida, where we were gonna be flying out. Now, here's where the imagination part goes. I want you, to imagine I chose you 
to go with me on this trip. Now, if this weirds you out, ladies, imagine that your husband asks you to go on this trip with him, if that works better. But I want you guys to imagine with me today that you got to go on this wonderful missionary journey to the Galapagos Islands in Machu Picchu. And all you had to do is to get to Jacksonville, Florida to leave from the port there. So I arrive at your house. Next slide, Tom. I arrive at your house to pick you up. We uh, get your luggage loaded in the car. Everything's good. You're all packed. You're looking forward to a beautiful trip. We're loaded in the car, and we're going to hit the interstate. I need you guys to stay with me. This is going to go fast, okay? All right, next slide. In the car, we start looking at the map. We're seeing where the Galapagos Islands are, um, trying to decide, you know, how long it's going to take to get there, that kind of thing, and what we'll be going through. Next slide. We stop at the gas station. See, we're happy. Looking good there. We stop at the gas station. We get some snacks. We gas up the car, and we hit the interstate. We're on our way. Next slide. We're in the car, and we're looking. This is actually a picture of the Galapagos Islands that they had on our travel brochure. You notice a little light-colored area there in the middle. I don't know if that was a volcano or what. Maybe where some interesting uh, aquatic life may be. Uh, hanging out and we'll get to see that. It sure looks pretty. Really excited about this. Next slide. Trip's going well. The car's running fine. I sure wish the air conditioning would work. But nonetheless, we're doing fine and we're still happy as we're moving on down the road. And next slide, we arrive at the port and we get the car parked. Didn't have any trouble parking at all. So I guess we must have been early. So we check in with the Port Authority, tell him where we're going, we've got our tickets there. And he says, yeah, that's not your boat. Turns out our ship is parked next door, which explains the parking. But he said, they're getting ready to leave. He said, you better get there real soon. I think you may have gone two slides there, Tom. Yeah, there, go back up. There, no, back up. Oh my goodness, he's gone way back here. Back, back up. That's not our ship. There, that's our ship. And it was getting ready to leave. In fact, it was already out of the port. They took us out there in a little dinghy. Oddly enough, they forgot to raise the anchor. Uh, but they were already starting the barbecue for that evening's meal on the Lido deck. We were having barbecue for the first night out at sea. Uh, so we got checked into our rooms. And we're up there on the deck waving goodbye to the people that lost the contest. Bless their hearts. Maybe next year. Maybe next year you guys will get it. Okay, so we're on the trip and we're looking uh, again at our map and, and uh, where we're going to arrive. Next slide, Tom. And, and this is our path as we came down through there. There is a little peninsula that sticks out. I think we jumped it. I don't remember for sure. Um, but we were well on our way getting down to the Galapagos Island. And next slide. And when we got down there, we got to do the little fish exploring thing. And it looked like that big fish really took a liking to you. And so they were able to get a, a picture of that and you were really having a good time during our missionary adventure. And the next slide, I'm thinking back, I sure hope the car's okay. I ask you, did you lock your door? Well, we'll make sure when we get back, we'll have transportation home thinking about the car. So 
Uh, we got a snorkeling uh, trip that we went on there while we were there. Next slide. And this was our snorkeling boat. Uh, left a little to be desired, I must admit, when I first saw it. Uh, they did include a can of gas. Just forgot to give us the motor for it, but that's okay. You were having a ball. You were really enjoying yourself. Next slide. Uh, so once we left the Galapagos Islands, uh, and, and this, this was an interesting part of it as well, we were on our way to the port of Peru, uh, where we're going to end up in Machu Picchu, and uh, they gave us an outrigger boat and a crew to get us to the Peru court. So next slide, there you are in the outrigger, and as you can see, you're still just having a ball. You're really loving uh, this trip and enjoying this immensely. So there we are in our outriggers, we're coming into the Peru port. Okay, in the next slide, we're in Machu Picchu. It's just gorgeous, really enjoying it. A little warm, but a nice refreshing change for Hoosiers. And so there we're enjoying that. And in the next slide, you'll see we got to go into town. We got to have dinner with the mayor that night. Uh, and he was surprised actually that we were there. He said only one other time had a missionary uh, showed up in their town and uh, he was saved when the other missionary was there so we didn't get to lead him to the Lord. He was already saved. Uh, but we got to have dinner with him. He was surprised we made it. He said nobody else had been there. So apparently he'd seen some of our travel arrangements. But we were there and we had a good time and enjoyed our dinner. We felt bad that we couldn't do anything so we said uh, uh, our missionary um, job they hadn't assigned it because, again, they didn't think we were going to make it. So we offered to mow the mayor's yard for him. Next slide. It wasn't bad. It only took a couple days. And uh, we really enjoyed that time together as well. There we are down there. And you may not be able to see it from this distance, but you're smiling still. You're really having a good time. Um, and that took so long, and our boat didn't come back. So they decided for our trip home on the next slide, they were going to fly us. So we thought, well, this is a step up. So here we are flying, and I will say that plane looks better from the inside or from the outside than it did from the inside. But nonetheless, we got home. Next slide. I sure missed my car. I was really glad to have that back, and that was a wonderful trip. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Next slide, please. So, integrity. The reason I put you through that whole process and pointed out that we, several of the modes of transportation, the planning, even our uh, tour guides and the people that offered us the trip seem to have some issues with integrity. Uh, a car, you should never get on the interstate in. A boat, you should never get in the water in. A plane, you should never get in the air in. And a missionary tour that didn't go as well as all. So somewhat lacking in integrity if you summed up the whole thing. So that's the reason I wanted to do that playful little skit to bring you to that point. So looking up integrity in the dictionary, and see, we did, we're really whooping through the slides here. The, if you look up integrity in the dictionary, it's the quality of being honest and having strong moral principles, moral uprightness. A person of integrity behaves ethically and does the right thing. Are you ready for this? Even behind closed doors. So truthfully, we're the only ones that are ever going to know. It's not like being humble. You've got to know, you've got to strive to have integrity. 
We can't go around saying we're humble. I, my wife told me that. I understand that better now. Uh, but integrity is something that we should strive for uh, and shoot for and make sure that that's something that we have uh, in our tools, in our tool belt. And I'll explain why I think we should have that here in just a little bit. It also is defined as a state of being whole or undivided. I likened this to uh, like a, a work plan. And the integrity of this plan seems to be workable. In other words, this person's idea or this plan that they came up with is whole. It could possibly work. And then thirdly, the condition of being unified, unimpaired, or sound in construction. So that applied to a lot of our missionary trip uh, being of integrity in its construction. And I won't uh, go too far into that, but I did. Uh, Dave told me something today that I thought, well, I had a different analogy, but I'll use this, Dave, with your permission. It's not copyrighted. He said 80% of the Harley-Davidson motorcycles that were ever sold are still on the road today. The other 20% made it home. I ride a Harley. I slightly took offense, Dave, but nonetheless, it is amusing uh, little illustration of integrity. So, I was going to talk about DeLoreans because of the stainless steel, but we'll use the Harley Davidson. So, let's the next slide. Let's look at integrity in a workable situation, what the scriptures have to say about it. Psalms 25, 21, may integrity and uprightness preserve me because my hope Lord is in you. Whoever walks in integrity walks securely, but whoever takes crooked paths will be found out. One of the things I tell people at work when they ask me to lie is I can't lie. I have short-term memory loss. I won't remember what I lied about. The truth is much easier to recall. Therefore, because of that malady, I am a man of integrity when it comes to my word. I can't lie because I'll forget what I lied about. The integrity of the upright gives them, or the integrity of the upright guides them, rather, but the unfaithful are destroyed by their duplicity. And again, that would also apply to somebody with short-term memory loss. They couldn't remember what they'd done. They couldn't remember the deals they had made and could well get caught up in that. The righteous who walks in his integrity, blessed are their children after them. Now, I put that that's from the WRC version of the Bible. You probably haven't read that one, so you may not recognize it. That's the William R. Compton version of that scripture. I took several different versions and combined it into something that read the way I wanted it to read. So that's why I put that WRC there. So you'll know that I was paraphrasing. And I came up with this quote. I was really hoping that this was going to catch on. Maybe make some shirts and things like that. It says, no one in the annals of history has ever been afraid of being caught for doing what is right. I even dated it, 9-23-23 at 1.01 a.m. when I came up with that and was ready to cash in on that quote until I thought about our, our next, uh, well, no, it's a slide way down the road, but Job came to mind. I thought, well, Job was a man of integrity. Now, it did work out for him in the end, but uh, during that time, I don't think he was too crazy about God's plan in his life at that moment. 
So integrity, does the world embrace it like you see here in the scriptures? They do not. Because integrity costs you. And we'll talk about that a little bit uh, here in, uh, in a few slides as well. And they're not willing to pay that price. So why is integrity so important to the Christian? Let's, next slide. Have you ever had this happen? This young man has just been ostracized because of his stand for the gospel and for Jesus Christ. And it has been well documented that this happens in 1 Peter 2.12. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable so that when, not if, but when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. The day he comes, basically, is what that says in other versions. 1 Peter 3.16 keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. Now, I thought it was funny uh, that Peter did this because if you remember, Peter also could wield a good sword. He wasn't afraid to cut off an ear if the opportunity arises, if you know what I mean. Um, so uh, he talks about them being ashamed of their behavior as well. And as they well should, that's not wrong. The important part to remember of the scripture is that you maintain your integrity regardless of the situation. And next slide, we're getting on. I told you we we're going to go to Job. What will your integrity cost you? Then the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? There is no one on earth like him. He is blameless and upright, a man who fears God and shuns evil, and he still maintains his integrity, though you incited me against him to ruin him without any reason. I really didn't like that portion of the scripture because God didn't really come against Job. He allowed Satan to come against uh, Job, but I couldn't find a version of the scriptures that would explain it just that way, but I think we all understand that. God doesn't come against us. Job walked in integrity. There was no argument. You see, Satan said that, and God said that, and it was spoken in heaven. It had to be the truth, because God doesn't lie. He was a man of integrity, and it cost him this test. I tell you this, if Satan stops coming against me in my walk, in my life, in my ministry, it's time for me to stop and pray to figure out what's going on because Satan will oppose you. He is against you. And our job as Christians is to be aggravating him because we are not allies. We are enemies. We're opposing forces. So make sure that Satan's mad at you from day to day. And if not, go bless somebody in the name of Jesus. And stay with me here. The best is yet to come. So why is integrity important? Again, we want to go back to Titus 2.7. In everything, set them apart as an example of doing what is good. In your teaching, show integrity, seriousness, and soundness of speech that cannot be condemned. So that those who oppose you may be ashamed because of what? may be ashamed because they have nothing bad to say about us. So Peter writes this to Titus. 
Show yourself, again, this is WRC version, show yourself in all respects to be a model of good works and in your teaching show integrity and dignity. Bless us with the means to bless others with teaching, preaching, and good services. Your integrity is important because it's going to enable you to evangelize, to minister, to bless others. Um, I hope most everybody here has a friend who has called you and said, hey, this is going on in my life, pray for me. Or somebody at work, they tell me at work all the time, they say, why do you smile all the time? It just drives them nuts, I think. But it's not because I have great teeth, because really, I probably had a mini bike wreck or something, and that's what got left. But they do, it bugs them. But I do it because I have joy. I have joy unspeakable and fully. Not to my glory, not to my glory, that's God. That's God in us. And, and those are the kinds of things that we have. There is an integrity about you. There is a strangeness about you that is God in you. It opposes this world. He came to divide, but he came to save. And you are the tools with which he's going to do it. And you are some odd tools. So embrace it and take hold of it and use it. Because those are the things that are going to make your ministry viable. They're going to make you a Effective in a lost and dying world, if we look like them, if we look like the world, and they see no difference, then they have no reason to come to us for a change, would they? And if they did, you know what? In my early years, and I was a self-righteous, indignant Christian as a young man. I, I confess that. And I've confessed it to several of you. It's not a secret. But it took me a while to learn that that was the wrong thing to do. But I did finally get really convicted when somebody accidentally discovered I was a Christian. And it was somebody I worked with. And I'd worked with them for years. It wasn't like I just met them. They said, I didn't know you were a Christian. And I can't remember if I'd wore a back patch in or something like that. Or I had a, a devotional book with me. I don't remember the actual situation. I do remember the hurt. I do remember the hurt in my heart. And not to feel sorry for me, but to feel sorry for my situation, that I was a surprised Christian. I never want to be a surprised Christian again. I want to make sure that my integrity shines through, that I am the great speckled bird that God has made me to be so that I can stand out and be approachable and make a change in this lost and dying world. If we are forgiven of our sins, have been, and will remain covered by the blood, I know I will mess up from time to time. These are my notes I'm reading to you now. The Holy Spirit has worked a miracle in me and continues to educate and school me daily. We are at all different places and have different backgrounds. Even Paula and I, living in the same household, are growing in different areas of our lives and have different challenges and fights that we face daily. That's okay. Part of repentance is confession. So confess those things and clear that out. And the reason I bring that up is that you'll know you're not, you're, a man of integrity is not necessarily going to be a perfect man. I didn't want to walk down a road thinking that uh, just because you have integrity doesn't mean you're not going to mess up. And I always share my own situations. I've had times 
where I have said the wrong thing or done the wrong thing or, or gotten after somebody that didn't do something wrong. Imagine that. And it doesn't, well, it does hurt, but it doesn't hurt in the long run to go back and apologize to that person, to explain the situation and to set that straight and that restores uh, your integrity. And again, next slide. And this is kind of a repeat of an earlier statement. Once you establish integrity in your area of opportunity, in other words, your realm of control, the people around you, your posse, your location. Mine is the Walesboro plant uh, of a local employer. You guys have your areas, your clubs, your groups, your friends, uh, your neighborhoods, and most importantly, your households. Your children should see the integrity of Christ in you. And when they get older, they'll follow that. That's a challenge though, isn't it? Because they're there every minute. They see it all. And like some of those young people at work, they can push your buttons just as easy as anything and they know what they are. But keep in mind that your community is your responsibility of ministry and keep your credibility in that community. The message of the gospel will have credibility based upon the Holy Spirit having made it real in your life. So we're not in this alone. The Holy Spirit quickens us. He reminds us. I can tell you uh, from experience that one of the things that changed in me recently since I've been doing this is when I do make a mistake or when something happens that Bill Compton shouldn't have been do doing, I look around to see who I just influenced. I look around and, and I analyze the situation and I say, who heard that? Who saw that? Obviously, Jesus saw it. I work it out with him. But I want to make sure, because of how important I feel like integrity is in my life, that I take care of repairing my mess-ups immediately. Like with brawny towel, I get it and wipe it out right then and there. So I go to those people that were there and got to see Bill fail. Uh, and it happened, folks. I'm, I'll confess that right now. If you think it doesn't, I'll talk to me on Tuesday. And, but it's important that we maintain the integrity. It's important to our ministry. It's important to our Savior and our ability to save those people around about us. So how do we get it back? I just shared a couple of scriptures here in this next slide. Matthew 5.23, Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar and remember that you had a brother that had something against you. Doesn't say uh, what happened. You know, it could have been you did something to him, he did something to you, but the two of you aren't getting along. It says, leave your gift there. Go fix that situation. Come back and continue your act of worship. And in Matthew 6.14, if you forgive other people their sin then your Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father cannot forgive your sins. That is in the Bible, folks. Do you hear that? That is in the Bible. And unfortunately, I, I know some folks that are in this situation that are in my realm of control right now. And I have... I've shared this, this scripture with them. And I've said, look, I said, yeah, your sins 
were forgiven when you accepted the Lord. Because they're gone as far as the east is from the west. It's over. That's done. Lord doesn't back up on us. But if you have a spirit of unforgiveness in your heart today, if there's an old friend, uh, mine was an old boss, um, that you had feelings uh, against, that you not necessarily wish them harm, but you don't have good feelings about them. You know. You know when you have sin. If you have that, then there's sin in your house, and it's time to do some house cleaning so that God can take you from there and move on. And that's a tough one. I can tell you because, like I said, I'm working with some people on that right now. So keep that in mind. I hate it, but this is something that does infect the church. And it's really, really easy. And it's very, very serious. And I wrote in my note to the pastor uh, when I did this, I said, this may be a little harsh. I'm not sure, but I think I can get away with it. So I hope I've gotten away with that today. And if that's something that's affecting you, then I'm glad uh, I said it. Let's get that straightened up and let's get back to the ministry of the Lord. Uh, next slide. This is when this all started. This is when integrity finally came to mind. Uh, when the pastor did this sermon, and this is not his slide. I found this one online. But the scripture, Matthew 7, verse 21 and 23. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only... The one who does and will of my Father who is in heaven. But only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Punctuation is everything. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy? Here's those people. Did we not prophesy in your name? And in your name drive out demons. And in your name perform many miracles. Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you away from me. You are evildoers. If that message has an impact on you today, if you're not sure that that foundational step has taken place in your life, have you confessed to the Lord Jesus Christ that you are a sinner? And it's not easy. I fought that. I was raised in the church. I went forward at age 16, but only after an evangelist grabbed me by the arm and pulled me out into the aisle. Because it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing to admit that you're a sinner. We don't like to admit that we have faults of any type. And I sure didn't want to stand out in front of the church and say, yep, I'm a sinner. It's not a surprise, church. We're all sinners. We were all sinners. We've all been there. But yet, we're reluctant to take that step. And I was too. But I went ahead and went forward at age 16 because I was already out in the aisle anyway. The embarrassing step was already over. So I went. Um, but then was Monday. Then it was Monday the next day. But at age 24, I finally realized that it's time for me to stop messing around. I had a son. And I wanted to raise him for the Lord. I knew. I knew the Lord was good. And I knew he had good things for us. I was raised in the church. I knew all those things. I could play the role of a Christian very well. I was a leader in my youth club and all of those kind of things uh, when I was younger. 
Uh, they were going to make me youth pastor when I got back out of the service, but I wasn't ready for that yet. But I finally, at age 24, July, I can't tell you the day, but it was Sunday. I went to church that day knowing that if the pastor didn't give an invitation, I was going forward anyway. I just didn't care because it was time to get this resolved. And uh, he did give an invitation. So I, and I shot up there like that coyote in the cartoon. I, phew, I was up there. And uh, maybe it's a roadrunner that ran. The coyote was the guy with the bomb. But nonetheless, I shot up there and I knew it was time. And I was serious. I was serious about this. And I thought, this is it. I was raised in a church believed in sanctification. I went back Sunday night and got sanctified. I knew Monday was not going to be a problem. I was sealed, signed, and delivered. But guess what? Mondays can be rough sometimes. So I stepped. I grew. I learned. I've learned more since I've been here at Blessed Life probably than my whole Christian life. I thank the Lord for that. You're here today. It's a blessing that the Lord has brought you here. Not that you're getting this teaching. I'm not saying that. But when Andy's here, it's really, really good. And I like Brent's stuff, too. Brent's great. Uh, the Lord has blessed us. And uh, I'm just like a comedic relief or something like that. But I hope some of this makes sense to you because it makes sense to me. Um, so I just caution you. Don't leave today's service uh, if that situation exists for you. If any of those situations I've mentioned are apparent in your life. Confess it, address it, uh, and the Lord will move you on from there. Next slide, and this is just a classic example of integrity again. The wise and foolish builders, Matthew 7, verse 24. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice, it is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rains came down... The streams rose, the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. I'm going to read over here a little bit. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rains came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell with a great crash. Keep in mind, this is not the three little pigs story. This was not a house made of straw or made of sticks. And then the third one that stood was made of bricks. This is a regular house. Both of these houses could have been exactly the same house, built of the, exactly the same material and built exactly from the same builder. But the foundation made the difference. And fortunately through TV and such, we've had the pleasure of watching how many houses slide into rivers, uh, slide down the side of the mountain in California, all the result of a bad foundation. This picture, this parable, paints a very real-world situation that reminds us that when we get to that final judgment seat, we want to make sure we didn't build our houses in California on the side of a hill. We want to make sure that that foundational apparatus is in place. And it is Jesus, and it is solid, and it does not give, and it does not go away, and it will stand forever. The storms will come, the rain will fall, the winds will blow, but you will stand Amen. because of that foundation. Next slide, 
and these lovely words that y'all enjoy. In conclusion, allow me to share this observation. Again, the things of earth will try to overtake you. I did two ducks. You pick whichever one you want. This was so eloquently presented last week in Brent Denny's Navigating Life Storms message where he told about how things can and will try to overtake you. But be reminded, as he stated in the book, chapter 16, verse 33, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. No argument there. But take heart, I have overcome the world. I have told you these things again, that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Are you ready for this? In my notes, this is all caps. With this confidence in Christ Jesus, exude integrity, knowing he has conquered all things and nothing can overtake us. Amen. Amen. So what's the ducks got to do with it when this world tries to overtake you? What does water do off a duck's back? So be it to the things of this world. You've been listening to the teaching ministry at Blessed Life Fellowship. For more teaching and ministry resources, go to the church website at www.blessedlifefellowship.org. Thanks for listening, and may God's grace and favor shine on you.